Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. Happy October, everybody. It is officially Halloween month. Yay! Um, That's right. Halloween is not a day. It is a month. Mm -hmm. It is an attitude. It is a spirit. That's right. Every day is Halloween (laughs) if you believe hard enough. I was going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this month... We are doing a special little three-part series, I guess you could say, on mm-hmm. um, what we consider to be the first horror films each of us saw. Yeah. So this week, we're kicking things off with my first horror film, which is The Woman in Black from, I want to say it's like 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So I saw I this movie I think we forgot the to introduce ourselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I'm Kai. I'm Marty. I'm that bitch in black that's haunting Harry Potter. I'm Hannah Boyens. (laughs) (laughs) Please introduce yourself like that every week. Please. I I would love to. Except I pick like a different Daniel Radcliffe character each week. (laughs) Yes, please. There's so many good ones to choose from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love Daniel Radcliffe so much. I do too. He's so good. And he said trans rights. We stay on say trans rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so The Woman in Black, I actually saw this in the theater when it came out. Um, I don't remember. I think I was like 13, maybe? Uh, something well, like see. that. Well, I it depends on when the movie came out, because you would have been... I think Woman in Black came out near Halloween, I believe. Probably. But I could be wrong about that. Uh, no, theatrically, theatrically released in North America on the 3rd of February. Okay. Holy shit, there's a sequel? Yeah, yeah. I never saw that, but I remember when it came out. So it um, came out when we were both 13. You said 13? Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Age dropping I, how young, how young or we no, are. Or no, wait. Maybe it was 14. Yeah, 14. We were 14. <laughs> okay, so I would have been in, like, my first year of high school, I think. Yeah. Because I, despite the fact that we were born in the same year, I am uh, a year behind you. So I would have well, been in eighth I, grade when this movie dropped. I'm a summer if we're birthday, gonna bring, so I'm always like, was, you know, you can go either way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember this coming out, and some of my friends talked me into going to see it. Because we liked Harry Potter and we liked Daniel Radcliffe. And, uh, yeah, I don't think I knew anything else about it. Like, I knew it was supposed to be scary. I think this was the first movie that came out with Daniel Radcliffe that was, like, really big after Harry Potter. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because this was 2012 and I think Harry Potter ended in 2011. 2011. Yeah. 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 So that makes sense then. Um... But yeah, I remember being really scared, and uh, one of my friends hid behind the hood of her hoodie the whole time, and like you know, it was the like, it's kind of the perfect movie for a bunch of teenage girls to watch because it's like got a lot of jump scares, but like it's not like condescendingly stupid, you know? Yeah. Like right, it's got that like jump scare stuff that appeals to like that audience, but it's not dumb. Yeah. It's not It's not like the Blair Witch 2 or 
whatever. Yeah. The bye-bye man. <laughs> it's not like someone coming out from behind a door during a really spooky scene going, Hi, Brian, what's up? In, like, yeah. an unnaturally <laughs> loud voice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um... It's like a crow flying off into the sky symbolizing death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I remember liking it. Like, even though I was scared, I remember enjoying it. Um, and it kind of kicked off my interest in horror, I guess. Yeah. after this, I was trying to remember what... I was torn between this or Psycho. I couldn't remember which one I saw first. Ooh. I think I saw this one first, but um, Psycho was one of the other early, like, one of the first few horror films I saw. Um, I remember The Sixth Sense being, like, one of the first few mm-hmm. as well. So I love The Sixth Sense. Yeah, that was one I was- watched when I was younger, too. I wasn't allowed I didn't to watch, watch Psycho until, like, a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch The Sixth Sense, but I did walk in during the scene where uh, uh, Donnie Wahlberg is, like, trying to shoot himself in the head when I was, like, three or four years old. And my mom was like, go to the room right now. Donnie Wahlberg, (laughs) yeah. Donnie! Baby, what you doing? (laughs) Um, yeah. So, I was kind of scarred by that for a little bit, but I don't consider that my first horror experience, because I was horrified of that and i didn't watch the whole thing yeah i mean that makes sense i i'm sorry yeah, i'm gonna have to so change my choice I, coming up there were so many movies i walked in on my parents watching that like scared me which like looking back aren't super scary so like for example i walked in on my mom watching jumanji once and it terrified <laughs> like the, uh, the like this was only about a year or so before i actually saw the movie and it ended up being one of my favorite movies as a kid Aww. but i guess just like some scene? scenes out of context are really scary <laughs> that spider scene i think they literally eat robin williams at one point and they like spit him out later but like it's re- legitimately terrifying in that moment because it, it's robin, Bring robin <laughs> i know the the scariest yeah. part of that movie for me, like for in Jumanji, was always um, when the hunter guy shows up and he's like trying to kill yeah. everyone. Yeah, that yeah, fucked he me was up. Creepy. <laughs> Man is the real Jumanji. Man is the real <laughs> horror. Yes, Jumanji was inside of us all along. Maybe Jumanji was capitalism. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, Fun fact: I've never actually seen Jumanji all the way through. I saw the boy. one with Jack Black. No, oh. I was too scared as a kid, and then uh-huh. it just never kind of came back up. That makes sense. Well, I do actually yeah. really love the Jack Black one, um, but I think the original one's really good, too. They're, like, good in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I still haven't uh, seen yeah. the one with Jack Black. <laughs> I think it's you'd good. like it. If you like Jack Black, you'd like it. <laughs> well, of course I like Jack Black. <laughs> it's a good use of Jack Black. But the woman in black, hey, hey! Segway, is not Jack Black. <laughs> It, it is, is a not. ghost. It's a ghost, what? and she screams at you. <laughs> yeah, no, they literally. The, it did make us laugh out loud a few times. It is very much like. Um, I think there are a couple horror movies that are like a haunted house. This one had very strong haunted mansion vibes, where like it had a great aesthetic, and there were a couple things that would pop out at you. Like I think Marty at one point there was like Danny Radcliffe was traveling down a hallway with holding one candle and an axe in the other, mm-hmm. and Marty just went boo. <laughs> <laughs> and like that would not be out of place in this movie. Yeah, yeah um, that's the vibe. The- <laughs> uh, the. This movie is, uh, like, it's a pretty easy premise to, like, comprehend. I mean, like, he goes to a haunted house and there's a haunted lady there. 
and then she starts yeah, killing gotta, kids. He's the ghost. The only thing I don't yeah. understand is why she kills kids if you look at her, but I, you know, the, that's just, like, it's not that big of a deal, so I don't, it doesn't matter all that much. Yeah. <laughs> From what I, I remember, it's because her husband was trying to, like, gaslight her into being insane so he could take her kids away, mm. so that made her very paranoid that everyone was trying to make her look insane, mm. which... I guess drove her insane. I have something I want to say about, like, the treatment of uh, hysteria in women in period films that I'll talk about later on, but I think that's why. And she was like, no one will take my children from me. And then she started taking other people's kids because spite. Yeah. I Got mean, it. I think, like, the thematic point of it is more just, like, to make it scarier for Daniel Radcliffe because he has a kid. Mm-hmm. I guess, but, like, yeah, it is, it, for me, it's, like, hard to understand, like, oh, why would you kill kids, but, I don't know, ghosts. Well, Uh, it's so common in horror films, especially period horror films, like, you got, okay, spoiler, spoiler alert for a couple of films, you got The Others with Nicole Kidman, you got, um, The Conjuring, you got, uh, The Haunting of Hill House, and then you got The Woman in Black, and I'm sure I'll think of some other ones before the um, the time is through, but I think it's probably, it's the ultimate quote-unquote sin. If, ho- if horror movies have this constant theme of disrupting the family, mm. then, like, killing the future of the family is, like, the ultimate sin. So mm. maybe, like, that's why they constantly attribute it to motherhood and, like, that you were you had one job, make the babies, not take the babies, what the I mean, you're not wrong. It was just yeah. a very funny way of wording it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would also like to point out that that... Can I go into my little rant real oh, quick? Oh, yeah, go of ahead. course. That is it's such a common trope in these period films. Like, even not even just horror, but, like, romance in general. Like, with Jane Eyre and just Jane Austen in general, there's usually a woman who is perceived as mad or hysterical but usually it is because she is forced into a circumstance, into society, um, that she cannot escape from and she cannot express any personal freedom. Um, so she lashes out in whatever violent way she can and she is locked up and shut away and treated as the villain, which kind of appears a little bit in this movie. I like that they subverted it with the his friend's wife character. That was a good subversion of it, but like... With the woman in black, I was definitely seeing that where she was kind of being scapegoated as like, you know, rejecting what she was told to be and therefore she is villainized, which you kind of see throughout these period pieces whenever a woman is villainized. So I just think that's very interesting and um, very telling about our society. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a big trope in like a bunch of like romantic literature as well. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of... Charles Dickens did that kind of thing. Uh, Great Expectations, the, like, the whole thing with Miss Havisham and, uh, the little girl that I don't remember her name of, but, like, she grows up and she's, like, a badass and everyone hates her for it (laughs) because Miss Havisham Mm -hmm. said, you need to go out there and break as many hearts as you can, and she was like, hell yeah, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah, I think the this movie definitely borrows very heavily from, like, gothic literature, mm-hmm. um, which I love. Like, I think we talked about this while we were watching it. The biggest draw of this movie, honestly, and, like, the reason I would say I like it is because of the atmosphere. 
Mm-hmm. Like, the plot is just mm-hmm. basic, like, oh, guy goes to a haunted house for work, yeah. and there's a ghost lady. Mm-hmm. But, like, the atmosphere is just amazing. It's, like, got this fog, and the set of the house is so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this old house with all these weird, creepy old toys and, like, old, you know, mm-hmm. creaky staircases and stuff. It's covered in mm-hmm. cobwebs, and yeah. uh, the the house is built, like, on a marsh or like you have to drive through a marsh to get to it and i'm like hell yeah no one is coming to see me i can sit here and do whatever (laughs) i want (laughs) yes play croquet with the ghosts yes i i do love the atmosphere of this movie as well i just want to live here guys are we the ghosts we can be we're inside us all along are we we're the ghosts that live in the haunted house we're just like hey what's up no one come look at me i want to live here by myself yeah i just want to live here and sit in my rocking chair and play with my creepy dolls Mm -hmm. isn't that what guillermo del toro just did with his life yeah i mean i don't blame him for that I mean, yeah. No, I admire him for <laughs> yeah. that. The man has several Oscars, so he's clearly doing something right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I, I mean, yeah, what's I, the point of being a director if you're not going to be eccentric about it? <laughs> yeah. I think this movie does some of my favorite type of horror, which is like you have someone doing something in the foreground like looking at a bunch of creepy letters and then in the background you see like this silhouette move that you didn't notice before i love i live for that i (laughs) love seeing that subtlety and it's one of those movies that lets you sit in silence and like there were several times when i could feel my heart beating and it was Mm -hmm. so fun i Mm -hmm. love that feeling i love if you're not digging the feeling of feeling your own heartbeat i get it i like it i like it too or like sometimes it made me feel like i was being watched yeah. yeah. It's just nice. Um, and then every now and then a ghost just runs to the screen screaming. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. okay, well, that's a thing. But, like, mostly Yeah, overall, those moments was... were less fun for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, mostly I would say the scares are pretty solid. Um, and let's talk about Daniel Radcliffe, because, like, the, honestly, the solid performance. Oh, yeah, no, the sideburns were terrible. He had, yeah. like, these, you could tell they were so obviously fake. Yeah. I feel like like the lighting department was told that, and they, like, deliberately framed him so that, like, it was, like, the light went from his forehead and then, like, did a triangle towards his nose so that, like, the the black shadows kind of faded the sideburns. Yeah, you can see it very well. Yeah. 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 But he did a good job. Yeah, no, his performance was was awesome. Like, I think he he so he basically plays a concerned dad who's like you know all these children are dying and he's like no we don't want the children to die and like i 100 percent bought it like i think um his facial expressions like sometimes just his eyes especially because a lot of the movie was lit so dark and then he just has these really bright blue eyes and Mm -hmm. like I don't know, he looked so sad. I'm like, oh man. Like, <laughs> honestly, he makes a good gothic hero. Yeah. There's a scene in the beginning of the movie where he goes up to his son. He's like, what are you drawing, my son? And the boy goes, daddy, it's you. Look how sad you are. <laughs> and mommy's <laughs> up in heaven. Why yeah. don't you ever smile, daddy? And he's like, well, your mother's dead and you remind me of her. 
Yeah. Well. <laughs> spot on. Pretty much. It's, that kid is roasting him and Daniel's just taking it. And I I loved it. It was hilarious. Yeah, I, I loved it too. Um, so fun fact about this kid. The actor who played him is actually Daniel Radcliffe's real life godson. Aw. No. That is that so cool. So maybe I love that's that. why he felt so comfortable roasting him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uncle Daddy. Oh, I mean Daddy. No, he's not an uncle. He's his godson, so yeah, okay. God yeah. Dad? What do you call them? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I feel like sometimes they ask to be called uncle, but I, I think it really depends on the situation. Fair yeah. enough. That boy looks like he was made to be a gothic Victorian he child. He really does. Yeah. He had cherub, like, porcelain vibes. That's just how British people look. <laughs> just all the time? Yeah. They, like, grow out of being, like, little porcelain baby-faced children and in little, like, burlap or tweed jackets and then they get older and then they just kind of look like that's still only taller <laughs> i don't know i feel like yeah. there's some sort of like pokemon evolution that happens like either <laughs> they grow up you start out looking as like a that but taller or they grow up looking like austin powers and there is like no <laughs> <one> between <laughs> <laughs> oh my god for any British people who were roasting, you I'm sorry to roast us back. <laughs> yeah. We, oh God, we, we suck. Know. We know. <laughs> anyway, the woman in black. Um, yeah, the woman in black. They. So uh, yeah, there's a. I want to kind of go into um, the side characters a bit. So yeah. there's a guy. I don't really know what his job is, but he's very nice to Daniel Radcliffe. I really like him because, uh, no, I'm not going to reveal my cringe obsession with Game of Thrones seasons <laughs> 1 through 6, but he does play the <laughs> communist leader of Game of Thrones seasons 1 through 6, and I like him a lot. Um, his character is named Mr. Daly, and he's, like, the only person who's nice to Daniel Radcliffe. Everyone else is, like like knows that he's going to the to the haunted house or whatever and so they're like no fuck you we hate you go away and yeah it, he's just like why are y'all so mean to me and the yeah and the, his they little like... blue eyes sparkle like that emoji where it's like a sad <laughs> emoji with the puppy dog eyes he's like yeah. why are you so mean to me they like blame dana radcliffe for their children dying like the day after he showed up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> he doesn't control that. No. And it's like, this isn't a new thing. It's been happening for so long. This woman is building, like, a child army. Yeah, she no, really is. Anytime someone shows up at the house and, like, encounters the woman in black, a child dies, basically. And so the longer he's at the house, the more kids die. And so there's, like, a grand total of maybe... Four, four or five kids, I think, that die I during that. his stay in town, if I'm remembering I feel correctly. like when Daniel Radcliffe found that out, <laughs> I just wish he had done, like, an Adam Sandler impression where people are like, you're the reason all this is happening. He's like, well, something that would have been useful to me to know yesterday! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. It's like, it... it 
they like don't tell him anything they just like give him the cold shoulder and it's like hey maybe if you like said something about how these kids are uh gonna die if you go to the house then maybe you won't <laughs> um, yeah so <laughs> maybe he has a like wife lack of clairvoyant commun- yeah it's just a- oh sorry i cut you off Oh, you're all right. It's just, like, a lack of communication is why all these children die, basically. Which, you know, yep. that's Supposed not- a sign, you know? It's not uncommon <laughs> for a lot of horror films. <laughs> yeah. Just just post a sign, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not hard. Yeah. Anyway, he has a wife who is clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, um- she she's kind of speaking the truth of what's going on. She's talking about the woman in black and all the kids dying and why. Mm-hmm. And they sedate her constantly because they think she's gone mad. And she's yeah. kind of the subversion of the mad woman trope from period dramas that I really, I actually enjoyed because I feel like it's a commentary. Because I think, what was it, Daniel Radcliffe says, like, he the guy says, like, my wife is not in her right mind. And he's like, she's telling you the truth. You just didn't want to listen. Yeah. And I was like, yes, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Support the women. She also, uh, like, it's, uh, she does, like, spirit writing. So, like, anytime, like, she, she ends up being possessed by child ghosts, like, two or three times throughout the movie. And every time they, like have to draw a picture of something for Daniel Radcliffe and like there's one that's like uh uh like the first time she like grabs a knife and like carves into the table a picture of someone being hanged which I'm not uh, I guess that just means that someone is dying or like I think that's actually how the woman in black died right yeah Yeah. she killed herself yeah that's how she died yeah, so, like, that was, like, a warning, don't go to the house, because there's a dead woman in there, you know, yada yada. <laughs> he goes anyways, yeah. and then the second time, he's like, why are all these kids dying? And then she, like, grabs a rock and, like, starts drawing on the side of, like, a mausoleum, I think. And it's, like, mm-hmm. the train and his kid. And so he's like, oh, no, Ooh. I have to go save my, my kid. <laughs> but, like... I don't know. It's just, it was kind of cool how they, like, added that, like, spirit writing thing into it. Because that was actually a really huge thing in the 1800s was that, like, women would just, like, sit down and do seances and then just, like, do spirit writing and, like, you know, write what the spirits were telling them or whatever. That I thought that was a cool detail (laughs) that they added in because, like, that was an actual thing. That is cool, yeah. Okay, can we Who's also the talk woman about in black just... Dogs? Yeah. Oh, her children! Honestly, yeah, that was dogs. the sanest thing anyone did in this entire <laughs> yeah. fucking movie. So, she had like a... It was like a Pomeranian or like a Chihuahua or she something. She had two of them, because she, she was like... Oh, <laughs> she was double-bagging it. <laughs> yep. And like, so she has like these little like high chairs next to her when, when they're eating dinner, and she puts the little doggies in there. <laughs> yeah she like has little baby beds for them like a little cradle yeah. they're like wearing bibs and like they put they put a little bowl of stuff in front of them but like they're feeding them with a spoon it's very cute <laughs> didn't they like lose their kid to the woman in black 
Yeah. And that's kind of why yeah. she's a yeah. little bit obsessed with the dogs. Yeah, like, I, I felt so. bad for her. Like, I understand where she's coming from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I didn't I think it was just funny. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was like, I saw her, you know, cradling the dogs like a baby and it was like, oh, hard same. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was cradling my cat like a baby while I was making tea today, so. Aww. Good. And she was my favorite character. I liked her yeah. a lot. And what was it? There was one there was one line where like Daniel Radcliffe and his best friend were like going on a ride and Daniel's like, What is going on? And the guy went, Utter nonsense. And then they just <laughs> drove off and I'm like, that seems like a line from a comedy, but whatever. Well, they get That's stopped like- by townspeople and they're like hit uh, one of the guys, his kid another kid died and so, like, they're yelling at him, and so it's, like, utter nonsense, and they're, like, all right, we're gonna leave, bye. Farewell. <laughs> if that's not the mood of this yeah. year, I don't know what is. I think, I sometimes I feel like maybe the woman in black actually isn't real, even though within the context of the story she is, because, like, back in the day, kids fucking died a lot from just being stupid. <laughs> Being stupid and also the fact that we had no medicine back then. Like, yeah. they were still developing penicillin, for God's sake. Yeah, there's one- but That's actually interesting you brought that up with- uh, Sorry, finish your thought and then I'll- Oh, I was just gonna say, one, like, at the very beginning, I think, like, the first girl that dies in front of Daniel Radcliffe, she drank lye. Just, like, she just drank it. And then they were like, she's sick. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you don't drink like, that. that. Like, when I was in high school, though. Yeah. He was just an <laughs> idiot. Yeah, it's just like kids are dumb, and you can't leave them alone for two seconds, or else they're just gonna do something stupid and die. <laughs> well, that's an interesting thing because there are a couple versions of this story. Um, it started out as a novel, I believe, and then it was translated into a play. Um, and I know there are some versions of the play where there is no woman in black; like, hmm. she just doesn't appear at all. Like, it's just the atmosphere of thinking there might be a spirit out there and kind of dealing with the local legend of it. Some people do have the woman in black. It's kind of one of those... It's not quite as hard and fast a rule as the Crucible, where, like, if you have witchcraft, you should not be performing the Crucible, because that's not the point. But, like, woman in black, I think you can play with how real or fake the legend is. Yeah. Whereas this movie is pretty fucking clear that that woman is here and she's gonna punch your kid. (laughs) Yeah. She's, uh, <laughs> I actually really liked the woman black in this movie, because every time she showed up, she just kind of screamed at people and then left. <laughs> I'm like, mood. <laughs> well, and then Daniel Radcliffe, I believe, figures out that to, at least he thinks that finding the woman in black's dead son's body and reuniting him with her will calm the spirit and she will stop haunting the town. Is is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, like, they... By the end of- so, like, actually, right before they decide that that's what they need to do, they, like, you know, they- like, Daniel Radcliffe is, like, stuck in the house by himself with, uh, the guy's dog, and the dog keeps barking, which the- the dog is, um, uh, the (laughs) ghost detector, I guess. Dogs can see ghosts. Um... And, um, so the the dog just keeps barking, and every time he turns around, there's, like, another thing that the woman in black is doing. But then you also see that there is a ghost child who is covered in mud, 
But the first time I saw him, I, I, my first thought was, oh my god, it's peanut butter, baby. <laughs> and I just, like, lost my shit. Because, like, peanut butter baby is, is So peanut butter- It's a vine of just a baby covered in peanut butter, and the, the mom looks over at him and goes, are you having fun? And he just looks over at her and goes, ah. Ah. <laughs> does that feel good? Ah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, does that feel good? Yeah. But, uh, so- I, I just kept thinking about Peanut Butter Baby because he was, like, covered head to toe in mud. And I was like, this is exactly like Peanut Butter Baby. <laughs> but, th- so, like, his ghost is, like, covered in mud. And so it's like, oh, he died in the mud. So, like, they're like, we gotta go get his body and put it back. And so, like, they do. And they, like, try to summon his ghost back to, like, where his body is so that the woman in black knows he's there or something. And I guess it works. Um, I mean, does it though? I'm not. But does it though? I don't know. <laughs> At the end, she says, fuck them kids, and then kills Daniel Radcliffe's boy as well. Yeah, but like, I don't. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to be reading that because, like, the. Like, the end. that She, like, makes daniel radcliffe's kid die but he like runs after his boy at the last minute and grabs him so they both die but like then it like cuts to like the afterlife or whatever where they're like stuck in a train station which like they already did that in harry potter but whatever (laughs) (laughs) and they plagiarism the the they they like encounter Daniel Radcliffe's dead wife and she's and the boy is like Daddy who's that? And it's like that's your mother, baby boy. And so like they're like reunited with her mom. So like I don't know like or his mom, I guess. Like so I'm not sure like if it's supposed it is to kind be of a framed good thing like or she's not. It is almost framed like they're making the best out of a bad situation, but I read it as she's still vengeful when it, like, travels through the halls and she still goes, never forgive, never forgive. Yeah. And then at the end, she kind of, like, screams into the camera, so I assume that means she's still a vengeful spirit, but maybe she, like, she was like, I'm still gonna kill ya, but I'm gonna make it nice. Yeah, you know? I mean, you like- You join my child army, you get, like, your wife. Yeah, I, I was, like, very confused about that, because I was like, what's the point of killing them both if you're just gonna, like, let them be with whoever, like, the lady, like, their mom, wife, I, I don't know how, I, I don't even know if she has a name, because, like, that's, she shows up at the last minute, and it's like, that's your mom, and it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I yeah. she's clearly there to make him like feel like a sad boy. Yeah, yeah. Just... I mean, it is a very gothic thing, but like also, yeah, I really don't know what to make of it either. Like, I, I guess it's like bittersweet. Yeah, I read it as um, Cause... I don't know, maybe the uh, it's <laughs> I hate to. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe goes, I know, fuck those other parents, I'm built different, where, like, the woman in black would steal the children away and only the children, whereas Daniel Radcliffe was willing to, like, go the extra mile for his son, but he didn't, because he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't much of a father for most of the film, he was just kind of there, he was like, I have a son, I don't talk to my son, but I have one. Yeah, he talks about his son a lot, but you only see them interact once. I wouldn't be here trying to get money if 
I didn't love my son. And it's like, okay, that's what all dads say. And then you never talk to them. I think okay. that the, the woman in black was trying to abduct the child into her child army. Um, but Daniel Radcliffe, um, jumped in the way, and I don't know, maybe the power of love made sure they went on to heaven instead of joined her ghost army. I don't fucking know. I don't know, but, like, it ends with, like, her staring into the camera at you, and it's like, what does this mean, lady? Hey, lady, (laughs) what does this mean? (laughs) Hey, lady! I do think that the themes of this film are very much, you know, kind of like The Conjuring and very- uh, poltergeist very stereotypical like unite the family yeah. but it's almost fucked up in this one because the family is dead yeah so like you had to die to unite the family you might want to rethink your logic there because like yeah be alive be alive <laughs> you gotta make swiss army man get out get to work yeah i love swiss army man i want to watch that I again so army. good uh, also a movie yeah. where where Daniel Radcliffe plays a dead person. <laughs> yeah. Hey. But he gets to fart in this one. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. One of those like really dramatic gusts of wind weren't the moors. Uh, oh, <laughs> it was Daniel God. Radcliffe. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's why the woman in black was so pissed. He's just very stinky. Get out of my house, you stinky wizard man. So, wait, what if this is, like, the precursor to uh, Swiss Army Man? So, like, he dies in this one, and then Swiss Army Man is the sequel. And so his his body washes ashore from England, because they just kind of throw him in. Yeah. I love it. I I accept it. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm here for it. And then he's just a farting corpse. And Paul Dano yeah. falls in love with him. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen like a Swiss jet Army. ski. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen Swiss Army Man, this is going to sound really strange to you, but I promise, go watch it. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. it. It's very good. It's one of my good. favorite movies. And... I love it so much. It makes me cry and laugh and feel things in my heart. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, go watch Swiss Army Man. Uh, maybe watch The Woman in Black if you want to. Yeah. If you like, like, I don't know, Victorian, like, period pieces and Mm -hmm. children talking in British accents (laughs) and fog. Um, It's very, like, like, it's got a great aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, if you like touring gothic museums, like, if you would enjoy, like, touring the Lizzie Borden house, I feel like you'd Mm -hmm. like this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, the only thing about the, okay, so the thing about this movie is... There was a moment in which he goes into, like, the child's room, and there's, like, wind-up toys everywhere, and there's, like, a evil clown laughing, but the the thing is, it sounded like when Billy the Puppet laughs, it's like, <laughs> you know? I think but they use the same sound effect, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know if it was the Billy Puppet sound effect, and so it's gonna, it's gonna, like... I- don't mess with me for so. eternity. I think it was. I'm gonna say I. I think it was. I think it was one of those stock sound effects that Maybe. you use without having to pay copyright. Yeah, but like yeah. it, I, I heard it and I was like, "That's uh something from Saw." I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked so. about how the font from the credits looked really similar to Hannibal. Yeah, the beginning yes. credits looked exactly like 
uh, Hannibal for whatever reason, except for like you don't see like the the blood splatters that turn into Mads Mikkelsen, which oh my god, what if Mads Mikkelsen was in this? Ooh, who should I he be? I'd like that. I'd I mean, like that. I'd like Mad Mickelson and more yeah. things. Did you know he was in a Rihanna music video? Yes, he was no. in Bitch Better Have My Money. Bitch Better Have My Money. And the bitch in question is Mad Mickelson. He was the bitch. I He's tied to, to a chair. He loves That's that amazing. song because he was the bitch. He was the bitch. It's so weird thinking back to that time because like all the... You know, the big buff guys we, we stand nowadays were all in, like, a pop singer's musical before they were famous. Like, Norman Reedus was in Judas before he was in mm-hmm. Walking Dead, and Mads Mikkelsen was in Bitch Better Have My Money. Well, the thing is, Norman Amazing. Reedus, even even before he was in in the Judas music video, he, uh, back in the 90s, did a movie where he played a gay guy who... Uh, was in who like makes out with Alan Rickman in a movie where they kill Alan Rickman's wife? <laughs> you told me about this. Yeah, it's called Dark yep. Harbor. Um, it's I don't know how to feel about it, but it's a thing. It made me feel things. I'm not sure how to to process the emotions it made me feel, but it did make me feel them. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Norman Reedus. Your career Norman Reedus odd. was in The Woman in Black. I would love to see Re- Norman Reedus do a British accent. I think that oh, would be the God. funniest oh, thing gosh. I've ever seen. I can't even imagine. My... Hey, son, your mom's dead. Get over it. <laughs> what if it was just a sitcom of Daniel Radcliffe, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, who did I just say? Norman, Norman Reedus. Guillermo del Toro He's for gotta flavor. be in it. And uh, <laughs> Hideo Kojima. Just... We have to add it. Hideo yeah. Kojima. You're right, you're right. And Jordan Peele. It's yeah. just Death Stranding, but featuring Daniel Radcliffe and Jordan Peele. <laughs> we just have a Too Many Cooks. Too Many. We just have a Too Many Cooks style intro of this oh creepy haunted house with all these filmmakers and weird British men. Too Many Dads. Too Many, Too many dads. dads. We call it Daddy Issues in a Haunted House. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> This sounds like it's starting to become like a Harriman anime, but for Dilfs and the the main character is the woman in black. (laughs) She has the red. I I was just thinking the main character is Guillermo del Toro. But oh, I mean that too. (laughs) What if like Guillermo del Toro and the woman in black are like the showrunners, and they have to figure out yeah. how to get all these different DILFs to just get along and go through their spooky haunted house and rebuild their town into the former glory it was. This is an anime. This is this 100% is, This is an, an anime. anime. <laughs> uh, well, I can't come up with anything that, that beats that. So uh, I think I'm going to wrap things up here. All right. <laughs> Thank y'all. Dead by Dilfs. Dead oh by Dilfs, God. yes. <laughs> oh, you keep slaying me. I'm dead. Love I've that. ascended to heaven where my dead wife is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's good. Thank y'all so much. I don't know about y'all. I'm in the Dilf house having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah, you Thank- would be the one to survive. Of course. Woo! <laughs> or go first. One or the other. You there is no telling. protagonist energy. Yeah. 
I feel I don't know though. We'll tell. This will be a separate episode. I have I have theories. I have theories about <laughs> who I am in a horror movie. Okay. Uh, maybe it could be an episode on our Patreon. Maybe. <gasps> That's Ooh, right. We have a Patreon now. The tiers start at just $1 a month. So if you like what we do, feel free to um, lend us some some monies. So we mm-hmm. can hopefully invest in new equipment and keep our show running in top shape. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can't, that's okay too. We just appreciate your support from listening to us. You can find our podcast on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. We're available to listen to on Spotify, iTunes, and any other place you get your podcasts. Yeah. Well, guys, do we have any any final parting words of wisdom? Um, don't listen to the woman in black, I guess, if you are under 12. <laughs> Probably. Uh... Good one. I think I I capped it with the Dilf House. I'm done. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. (laughs) I'm out. Drop the mic. (laughs) Mic dropped.